You are listening to The Real Faith Stories Podcast, interviews with people who chose to boldly follow their faith. I'm your host, Brian Robinson. Now, let's meet our guest and hear their story. Dr. Jim Harris, so good to have you on Real Faith Stories. Welcome. Thank you, Brian. I've listened to so many of your stories in previous podcasts, and this is truly an honor to share a story with your listeners. Thank you. Uh, You're so welcome. I love what I've read in your book, Jim, entitled Our Unfair Advantage, and your story about how you are a secular, I put that in air quotes, professional speaker, advisor. You've got your PhD. You've been on stages all over the country with very well-known people. And something dramatic happened. Please explain what that was. I'm sure many of your listeners are in business. It's pretty simple. And then just a few months, I lost 70% of my gross income. That will wake up anybody. Oh, hello. For over 20 years, the Lord had blessed me. I could write a book and keynote and advise and then write another book. And it was a good life. And I I sprinkled Jesus when I could. But there there came a time about eight, nine years ago, the Lord said, I want you now to do it solely for me. I was a believer speaking a word to secular audiences. Now I want you to speak a word, uh, Yeshua was saying, to my to my people on my behalf. And I said, yes, sir. I learned submission finally into my late 50s, whatever, wherever. And that's what begun. And that's where this book was actually birthed from that time. And the book we're speaking of is called Our Unfair Advantage. So tell me what happened, Jim. There was clearly a demarcation, kind of an BCAD kind of a thing, right? (laughs) That's exactly right. So what happened? It, It was not necessarily a dramatic moment. It was more of a process. I started learning slowly that there was more to Holy Spirit than the magnificence of salvation. I had come out of very traditional, wonderful churches, but they avoided really speaking about being led by Holy Spirit or the power of Holy Spirit that really worked through all the first century church and disciples. And I started learning that through a rather dramatic encounter with the demonic. And I said, whoa, there's more to this. So I just started doing my own research, listening to men and women that, from a different perspective, pastors, preachers. And I started learning there's, there, is, there is a power of Holy Spirit living in us, the same power that Jesus walked on the earth with. We have that living inside us 24-7. And frankly, I really didn't know him. I wasn't talking to him. I wasn't communing through him to the throne room. So it was a process of learning. And then there came a time, I'll just jump right ahead. There came a time when you mentioned the book, I Run Fair Advantage. I was in prayer. I was learning to, as I like to say, tune in to Holy Spirit channel. Mm-hmm. Holy Spirit may be speaking to me on like an FM channel, but if I'm trying to listen on AM, I'm not hearing anything. That's a s- simple example. And I heard him say very clearly in my spirit, not in words, but in my spirit, he said, I want you to write a book about me. This was Holy Spirit speaking to me. And my immediate response, probably like yours and anybody else's, I don't want to do that. And I could just almost hear Holy Spirit chuckle, Brian, literally. I could hear him chuckle and say, well, why not? He knew the answer. I said, I'm just getting to know you. I mean, I'm a rookie. I mean, I'm, I'm like in kindergarten compared to the Bill Johnsons and all the others we might unfortunately compare ourselves to. 
I said, I'm just getting to know you. And he replied to me, that's exactly why I want you to write the book. I want others to learn what I've taught you and to connect, commune, and listen and be led by me. And I said, yes, sir. And that was the book. That's where it was birthed. Basically, he said, if you go on this journey with me, you're going to put into writing the very things I'm teaching you to help others. I didn't know that going into it, but that's what came out of it. He was looking for your yes. (laughs) That's right. Well, let me circle back on that experience you had. What was the demonic encounter you had that opened your eyes to this whole other realm? This is a little personal, but I sure don't mind sharing it because it's part of the journey. My wife and I have one one boy adopted, and in his mid-teens, for whatever reasons, he started pursuing, like we could say out of the old Star Wars movies, the way I said, he was pursuing the pursuing the dark side. And it got to be to where he even called it at that time. He had a crack in his soul. And I heard out of him in my family room, a demonic voice. Now coming out of conservative Christianity for so many years, and it was, I mean, it was literally a voice from the pit of hell, never heard anything like it, but coming out of your own teenage boy's mouth, Mm. I said, whoa, there's more. I don't understand this. I got to figure out. I never even heard of deliverance ministries before, frankly. Mm-hmm. So that that launched it. It was a rather dramatic account, but that launched this new dive into learning more about Holy Spirit than pure magnificent evangelism and salvation. So I'm curious, when you experienced that, where did you gravitate to? Who did you reach out to to get insight? The Lord had blessed me with a couple of good friends who were far more advanced in this than I. They recommended some good preachers that spoke, uh, frankly, out of the Word of Faith, because these men and women coming out of the Word of Faith movement, they understand this and have walked in Holy Spirit for many years. So we, I just went went to college, if you will, listening to that, reading books. And then locally here, I live in the panhandle of Florida, Pensacola, Florida. I was introduced to a gentleman who worked, a pastor who works, in deliverance ministries who befriended us. And he also helped us walk through this. So it was a combination of teaching, reading the word, opening up my eyes and being open to the more, there's more, and also persons, individuals that helped guide my path through it. So it was a combination of several things. Circling back then to this transition, you decided to take your speaking and shift it in some form and fashion, correct? Yes. So what did that look like? Well, it looked like speakers, bureaus that used to hire me all the time. said, no, we're not interested in this anymore. Why did they say that? What was it you shared with them you were going to talk about? Faith, Holy Spirit. When the book was first published, Our Unfair Advantage, Unleash the Power of Holy Spirit in Your Business, I had, quote unquote, the international release of the book at the annual meeting of a very prestigious a Christian CEO Network annual meeting. Anyone that knows CEO Networks would know this group. And I was the closing speaker, the closing keynote at this particular year's annual meeting. Bruce Wilkinson spoke that morning, who's a very, very preeminent man of the Lord. The president of Hobby Lobby spoke the night before, and I got to be the closing keynote. And as I was just mentioning slightly, using Holy Spirit to these business CEOs, I had never given in my 40 years on stage I had never given a more difficult and a more rejected message, even to Christians in business. And I said, whoa, there's even a pushback among CEOs in business. They don't really want to chat about listening to the Holy Spirit and the power of Holy Spirit. 
So I knew that there was some, some roadblocks that we would have to take our time, even with men and women of great faith, with this message. It was not one that was I was praying would be well-received initially, but now, now more than ever in the last seven years, now people are more ready to say, look at this world around us. I don't have the answers, and the ears are ready to hear, hey, yes, tell me, help me learn how to better be guided by Jesus through the power of his amazing conduit, his communication conduit, Holy Spirit. Now, as you continued moving in this direction, Jim, you said 70% of your speaking gigs basically dried up. How did things move forward for you? Where did you start finding traction? Well, I was looking for any ways that I could to pay the mortgage, frankly. And I was doing everything from writing marketing copy to a a local um, company who was in the collections agency, believe it or not, Christian-based group. The Lord gently pushed me into the advising, the one-on-one coaching, a lot of one-on-one coaching with my business experience over the years. I have a a lot of foundation there. Now, with this foundation of bringing faith, full faith into it, a lot of men and women were open to that type of weekly, bi-weekly, whatever it might be, coaching, advising, consulting. still have some retainer clients that I do the same. I serve on several boards of directors for not-for-profits and for-profits. So the Lord has opened that up in a variety of ways. It's not so much keynote platforming, but like with you, Brian, this platform that you have is global. There's no one that can stop this. And so my reach and your reach is far greater on exactly what you're doing than even having a live keynote business like I used to. We have more impact than we would with a big building and a lot of overhead by using this type of medium. As you coach people, what are the two or three key things that you continue to bump up against in terms of things you need to dig into and help people see more clearly? When most people come and ask me for one-on-one coaching or advising, be it in groups, or, it's typically, can you help me better hear Holy Spirit? And so sometimes refer to myself as a spiritual Sherpa as a business Sherpa. And if you understand the role of a Sherpa in Nepal, they help guide people up the mountain. They've been up the mountain, but let me help you. And I see where you are. Let me just help you walk up your mountain so you get higher. So really what I'm doing is just coming along and coaching with some of the unfair advantage material, a lot of that, but also with just experiences I've learned. And we practice like the very first of the six steps that we suggest in the book on how to unleash it is just simply practice. And I walk through and help people practice. It is phenomenal when people start realizing, wait a minute, I actually am hearing Holy Spirit. And they just transform themselves. And then the conversations and the coaching goes to another level. And because even Jesus said, hey, I send you your friend, your helper, your counselor. He will even tell you things to come. And so we go into a higher level of, okay, let's tune in. Let's see, let's sense what Holy Spirit is saying where you might need to take this company six months, a year from now. And then also one of the steps in the book is just seek a witness. A lot of the folks ask me, do you just have a witness? Can you pray with me over this? Let's, okay, let's go into strategic intercession. And I teach what strategic intercession is. It's much more than prayer. And what does that mean to go in and go boldly into the throne room strategically? And so we go from prayer to communion, to strategic intercession. 
And then for a few, we even go as far as, okay, now you're hearing Holy Spirit. Now let's start declaring. Let's start decreeing because you are a king. Let me help you understand what it means to be a king or a queen in the marketplace. And it transforms their personal life as well as their business. It can cover a variety of things. Even to the point where I just often lead some annual strategic planning meetings, but with a plumb line of truth. I've done that for years. So that's another way that I serve my clients through just leading their annual or quarterly board meetings. I'm going to read a quote from your book about decision-making, Jim, and then I'd love you to dig into this with me. Okay. With so many years of devoted study, learning from some of the greatest academic minds in the world and from multiple professional publications, I now look back with one overriding conclusion. Man, oh man, did I get it all wrong. Over the last 20 years, I've researched how the greatest leader and decision maker of all time, Jesus, made decisions. Did the greatest leader and business mind of all time ever seek consensus or majority vote from his disciples? Reflect on the works of Socrates, Aristotle, or Plato? Think deeply on the interpersonal dynamics of his words? Form customer focus groups to uncover trends and preferences or seek high-priced experts for their wisdom? No, Jesus had an entirely new, innovative, and unheard of decision-making process. He always, in every situation, checked with the Spirit of God before he acted. So let's talk about that. That speaks to me, too. Yeah, obviously, that uh, that was getting to the point. That one of the things that I learned is that, man, if I had been tuned in to Holy Spirit from the beginning, how much different it could have been. But at least now I'm here, I'm there, and I'm helping others take that bridge. This book is kind of a bridge. Just walk over the bridge and learn a little bit more about how to be led. It's fine to go and read the the classics of the Peter Druckers or the Tom Peters or, or the new business books. But that's not the first place I go to. The best business book ever written has 66 chapters in it. And it has just about everything you need to know in terms of what you need to do with a business. And I guess I came late to the game, but better late than never. As you go through decisions now, what is the approach that you take? Let's talk about those steps. The biggest difference I make now, and this is something I really advise men and women in business that might have a team around them, if they have believers with them in business, one of the biggest things is seek a witness. That's one of the greatest lessons I've learned in terms of decision making. Okay, I got, here's, here's an idea. Is it of me? Is it of the Lord? I'm checking. It seems good. And in fact, I go right to Acts 15. Acts 15 is when the disciples gathered in Jerusalem under the leadership of James, the half-brother of Jesus, and they had the big discussion, circumcision, no circumcision, the Jerusalem council. Three, four times in that chapter, the phrase, it seemed good to us in Holy Spirit. Imagine a group of 200, 300 pastors in the room, and they all end up agreeing on one thing. That's a miracle by itself. (laughs) And the phrase that the Bible uses, it seemed good. And I say, oh, my seamer is Holy Spirit. Because I have the same Holy Spirit you do. So if we were on a team, if we were coming up with a decision for the business, I'd say, this is what I sense in my spirit. Do you have a witness on this? When I ask, do you have a witness, guess where the decision-making now drops from? It drops from being head-led, idea-led, pressure-led. Boy, that's a great Mm idea-led, innovation-led. It drops from being all of that-led, money-led, 
to being spirit-led. First thing I do in decision-making, I do this with my wife, Brenda, who's spirit-led as well. I don't ask my wife anymore. I don't ask Brenda, honey, what do you think about? What do you feel? How do you feel? No, no. I ask, do you have a witness on this? Mm-hmm. And when it comes to a honey, I sense, I have a, I'm sensing that I'm supposed to take you specialty store shopping today. Do you have a witness on that 100% of the time? She says, yes. Imagine that. I say that tongue in cheek, but I'm yeah. serious about, do you have a witness? And if, and if those uh, of our friends that are listening, just reflect on that. Just commune on that. Go to Acts 15. Do I have a witness? Does it seem good? And if, and if you need to check it with somebody, check it with another Bible-believing Christian. Do you have a witness on this? Mm. That can be so profound in your decision-making. That was one of the big lessons I learned, and and obviously I still use it today. So as you've walked through that process, tell me an experience you had where you were seeking the Lord on a decision, and the answer you got was totally not at all what you expected, but you got a witness from it, from other people, and you went ahead and moved forward with it. Well, now you're getting very current and very personal. Last September— I was told by one of my, uh, in fact, my primary, well, this gentleman is a business prophet out of the Jesus Christ CEO Institute. And he said, Jim, I've been walking very closely with him and a band of brothers for uh, several years. He says, Jim, you've been a teacher all of your life, but Jesus is ready to to promote you now into office of teacher. That's a big, big difference. We can teach, but the office of teacher is an invitation to do something very special, very unique, very anointed, and it comes with it, a much higher level of accountability. And I first heard that, and I said, I don't know about that. Let me pray about it. Well, I waited, waited, waited. Then March, several months later, this gentleman came back and said, Jim, you're wrestling with Jesus on this decision. I said, well, I'll keep praying. Finally in May, this is like nine months later. Now, here's, here's where we're coming to the current. Nine months later, I said, Jesus, whatever, wherever, it's, this is not my asking but I do have a witness with my brother who first brought it, and I ask others around me. And they said, yes, you've been walking in this gym for years. Yes, you, you are to be promoted into what Jesus would say in the fivefold office of teacher. And the, the difference between being a teacher and office of teacher, I've learned since that, is this. Teachers, wonderful. We need great teachers. All of us can be a Bible teacher. Keep going. Keep teaching. But teaching typically is about information and education, and I've done that for 40, 45, 50 years. But the office of teacher carries this, Brian. It really carries now, Jim, I'm asking you to step more into from information to revelation. I want to reveal to you things that I want you to release, perhaps like unfair advantage. Go from education to edification, which is I want you to build up my people in the faith and how to be led by Holy Spirit. And instead of graduation, now I want you to be more in transformation. I want you to transform men and women and their companies. So now in this new role that I've just recently accepted, I'm now saying, yes, Lord, teach me and show me what you want me to tell others, to teach others through revelation, edification, and transformation. But I only got that confirmation through several men and women in a variety of different places where I sought that witness. Do you have a witness on this? And it was 100% yes. I needed that witness myself in this new office. Yeah, because obviously you were dealing with resistance to accept that, correct? 
frankly, I thought I was going to be more in the prophetic than in the teacher. I've been teaching for 30 years. Let's do something different and fun, if you will. <laughs> and I say that, but it's true. It's true. That that was part of the battle I was facing. And I finally bared my pride and once again went back, whatever, wherever, Lord. And now I'm more excited. And from that time, let me tell you, I have now more opportunities that have been brought to me because I accepted my assignment. This was an assignment from Jesus that I accepted and got confirmation on and witnesses on. And I could tell, we could have a whole nother show on what he's opened up in terms of ministries, of podcasts, of global network, just exclusively for business of what's going on. I would have never had this opportunity invitation if I hadn't accepted the assignment of what Yeshua was saying, here, this is my gift for you. Walk in this assignment. And I fought it. And shame on me, but now I can teach from that experience too. You know what I love about that story, Jim, is God is always moving us to the next spot, moving us up in using our gifts and our calling to honor him and to help other people. I love that God has affirmed and confirmed this whole new level. Then he's kindly brought new business in and new opportunities that prior to this didn't have just because you said yes and you wholeheartedly went in. Yes. He has supernaturally blessed us with financial favor I would have never expected, with opportunities I could have never created on my own, as I was. I was on my own for 30 years. So 100% confirmed, yes. Wow. And even though I'm in my late 60s, I must say I feel like I'm 45, and I'm reminded that even um, Moses didn't step into his full assignment until he was 80. Caleb was 85 when he had to go fight for his mountains. So I really am believing for 20 more years. That, that he will allow me to teach for a long time. What is it right now in your heart that you find yourself in this transition communicating with people about? I find myself right now with most of the people that I'm working with sharing a prophetic word. And when you share a prophetic word, all that means is you're, you're encouraging, you're edifying, you're letting them see how God sees them. And Lord, what do you want to say to Brian? Jesus, do you have a, do you have a word for Brian? And just one word from heaven, just one thought, one idea could be such a confirmation or such an encouragement or an edification or an exhortation. I find myself doing more and more of that. And that's really teaching. That's teaching from a prophetic viewpoint. And that that shouldn't freak out anybody when you say prophetic, because the entire Bible is prophetic. Everything Jesus did was prophetic because it edified and encouraged, it taught this is the kingdom. That's what I'm finding myself more and more over the last few months. People are seeking me out for that type of type of encouragement. And yes, some, some advice, but that's more of the edification I'm seeing now. How can people find out more about you, Jim? Well, you can go to the business website, Dynatos, D-Y-N-A-T-O-S. That's D-Y-N-A-T-O-S dot global, Dynatos dot global. Now, what does Dynatos mean? Well, Three years ago, the Lord said, I want you to launch a global spirit-led strategic consultancy and referral network with my people who are experts. And I'd like with the book, I said, Brian, I don't want to do that because I'm a solo guy. Well, I learned much quicker to, yes, Lord, whatever. So we now have launched and I have several advisors that have come who are men and women who know the spirit, Holy Spirit. They are experts in what they do. And we simply have a referral network that if men and women need financial, personal, 
business financial help. If they're looking for men and women who want to do something in real estate, and we have so many men and women that have great expertise that are truly anointed for their work. And at Dynatos.global, you can meet them, learn them, see them, listen to them, connect with them, and also connect with me. You can also email me at jim at dynatos.global. Great. Jim, as we finish here, we'd love to have you pray for our listeners, please. I would be so honored. Yeshua, we come to you in your presence. This, this podcast, this show, this episode with Brian, we both concluded we did not have a bunch of questions. We did not have an outline. We were literally living out how to be led by your spirit. So I pray that there was a nugget, there was a thought, there was a concept, there was an exhortation, there was a piece of a story that was shared that helped edify, to help encourage, and to help these listeners, these precious, precious men and women of faith to come a little bit closer to you and a little bit closer to what it means to be led by your spirit, just as you walked on this earth in the power of of the Spirit of God. These men and women have that Spirit. May this encourage them to dig deeper and spend more time and more communion with you, to let you speak to them in fresh ways, telling them things they've never heard before. The Ephesians 3.20, exceedingly abundantly above anything you could ask or imagine. May they have a taste of the power that lives within them, just as you said in John 20, And also in in Acts 1, that they have the power, they have the power within them to do more than they ever, ever imagined. So, Lord, I thank you for this time. I thank you that there was an exhortation here that was helpful. And may our listeners turn to John 20, 22, pray out that verse for themselves, and may it become alive in them, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Dr. Jim. It was an honor having you on the show today. I am thrilled that you've invited me. God bless you. And just as I like to say, may you purpose in your heart to only and always be led. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Please make sure you subscribe to the show and share this with someone you believe would be encouraged and motivated by these stories. Until next time, I'm Brian Robinson reminding you that the greatest decision you could ever make is to ask Jesus Christ to become the Lord of your life. If you haven't done that, read Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 11. Thanks again for listening.